This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the Contact Center Coach. The first time that I played ice hockey, I was in my early 40s. Yes, I know that's crazy. Why would you start something in 40s, especially something that's that difficult and hard to do and, of course, physical. But uh, there was a church league, and the church league had hockey, ice hockey, and I'd never played it before. And if you've never played ice hockey before, I, I cannot more strongly recommend it. It's just one of the coolest sports ever. I wish I'd have started it when I was in high school and or junior high school and learned how to play. It's just unbelievable. You can't believe how much energy you expend, uh, how much you sweat, and just how stinking cool it is. Anyway, uh, there's a number of different leagues in, in, in hockey leagues, and of course there's the D League, which is the lowest of low, and this is for people that are just getting started, and, and for me, just getting started mean that I could barely skate, and when I could skate, I could only skate forward, and when I could only skate forward, I did have trouble stopping, but the good news is, is that in a hockey rink, there are walls, so you can skate from one end to the other and run into a wall. So, uh, number of I, I got on a, a team with a number of my buddies uh, to play, and uh, in particular, I, w- I was usually on the same line with my buddy Dan and I, and, and both of us could not skate very well, and we couldn't stop very well. So they played us as forwards, and of course, we would skate down the ice and either stop accordingly or stop by hitting the wall, and never forget the fact that not only did you have to skate and stay upright, but you also had to be able to hold a hockey stick and control the puck and try to shoot and try to score. And anyway, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, what the reason I'm telling you this story is, is because we had two guys on our team. Um, one was named Mitt and the other was named Chad. And they were the best players on the team. They were the best players on the team by a long shot. They'd actually played hockey when they were younger. And Sometimes when you've got just a bunch of of knuckleheads out there that have no idea what they're doing, they have to have some people that actually know what they're doing and know how to play. And so Mitt and Chad fit into this category, and they were so much better than we were. And one of the things that you learn is is that when people are that good at hockey and everybody else is not very good, that when they get mad, they can just score. They can literally just skate around everybody and score. Well, they, of course, were completely tied to our fortunes as to whether we're going to win or not. So... They don't show up, we don't have a chance of winning. They show up, we've at least got a chance. And of course, there's a Mitt and Chad on the, on the other side of the teams as well. And so when we would go, and, and they showed up a lot, but not necessarily both of them at the same time, but that would be one of our telltale signs as to whether we even had a shot of winning was whether Mitt and Chad showed up for the games. And the question I wanted to talk to you today about Podcast 75 which is titled Keeping Your Best Employees, Mitt and Chad, in this particular conversation. Are Mitt and Chad still with you? Do you keep the Mitts and Chads in your organization? Do they stick around? 
It's really simple. You can check. Look at January 30th. We're now in the month of August. And look today. Are the mitts and the chads still with you? What is your turnover rate? Not your turnover rate overall, which of course is important, but what's your turnover rate for your top 100 people, your top 200, or your top 300 people? We need to see great employees like fine art. We need to collect as many as we can. We need to take great care of them and keep them around forever. If you ever saw the movie Sandlot, forever. And I know that's not forever, but you know we've discussed before, it is a season. And the longer the seasons we can keep our really talented people or our next level up talented people, the better shot we've got of being successful in this very complicated, very hard, very strenuous business of being in the contact center. So today we're going to talk about your training group. Is your training a competitive advantage? Does your training draw in and help you to set up for success and keep your most talented people. This is Podcast 75. It's the first of a four-part series on keeping your best employees. Title of today's message is Book Smart. Now, you know I'm big on definitions, so the definition of smart is having or showing a quick-witted intelligence. Is your new hire training, the training part of it, the book smart part of it, is it a competitive advantage for you? Is it something that helps you to keep your employees? And that is the lens that we are looking looking through is does your training prepare and create a, an environment of success that will not only allow you to, to create your best people, but also put them on the road to success and also to stay with you over time. So let's talk about training. Well, first off, the very first thing out of the gates with training is for most people, you've got a training training amount of time that they are book smart. There's a training, training uh, length that you have. Uh, maybe it's a week, maybe it's four weeks, maybe it's five weeks. I'm not talking about nesting. We'll talk about nesting next week. And next week, nesting is titled Street Smart, but we're talking about Book Smart this week. So whatever the amount of time is that you spend in your training Book Smart area, most likely you've either added days to this training or reduced days. Invariably over time, uh, people take a look and they begin to tinker with their training and they realize they either think they can get by with less days or they've added some days. And the only reason I say that is, is that usually tells you a little bit about fact whether you, you found a way to cram more information into a shorter amount of time or whether you've most recently had a success and you've been able to add a day or two or a week or whatever the amount of time is to get them better prepared to go out into the world and be successful. So I want to look at three components of your new hire training. And these are high level, but we're going to get into some detail associated with them. And first up is, is that your new hire training, it has to be a great start. This is a little bit like when somebody comes to work for you in, in your organization, it's a little bit like joining high school, or maybe for you, it was junior high school. And that is, is that it's, it's a pretty dramatic change for most people to come into an organization and go into a contact center. If they've been in one before, then maybe it looks a little bit the same, but a lot of times we get people that have never been in a contact center before. And it's, it's a little bit like going from grammar school where you only had one teacher, everybody ate lunch together. You didn't have to, you didn't have to move around the hallways. You didn't have lockers. 
you didn't have time when you went down to gym and you changed clothes and, and went into the gym class. Of course, you didn't have any of the other alternate type of classes like home ec or shop or any of the other things that you're able to do. There was no bands. There was no football teams. <clears throat> None of the stuff that you would do that you get when you get to high school. So high school is a pretty big change for people. So when, when they come into your organization, it's a little bit like they're entering high school. And in this environment, we have to connect, encourage, and of course, build them and learn and, and get them to learn. Because we're, we're starting with the fundamentals, the fundamentals that they're going to use to be successful in your organization. And I remember, you know, learning the fundamentals is so mission critical. And I think I've mentioned this before, but when, when I learned how to go to type back in high school, I... I completely blew it. We had a teacher that was named Miss Lutz, and she was really pretty. And I think I paid more attention to Miss Lutz than I actually did to the, to my fingers and the keys. And I never really learned to look up. And you think I would have looked up because I could have been looking at Miss Lutz rather than actually typing. But I had a tendency to look down. Did not get the fundamentals down. I think the best I ever did was thirty over six or something, which was thirty words a minute over six uh, errors, which of course is disastrously terrible. And now to this day, I can, I can type, but I'm not very good at it. I never learned the fundamentals. In your new hire training, we are trying to learn the fundamentals to make sure that we are, to make sure that people can be successful. So it's very, very important that we're fundamentally sound across the board. And that means that we're not only gonna be book smart in how we teach them how to do and operate the business, but we also have to infuse in them in our new hire training a number of other, a number of other components as well. We need, to, we need to help them first off to connect with other employees because this is going to be a, a long-term relationship. Just like in high school, you need to find a friend. You need somebody to protect you against the bullies and the mean girls. We need to begin to connect and be intentional about connecting them to other people in their training organization. And this comes down to, the, to really the culture uh, many, many new hire classes will, you know, right out of the gate, some of the first things they'll talk about are their mission and their purpose and their values, and they'll be a really great PowerPoint, and, and that's it. They never mention it again. But we have to not only talk the talk about culture, but we also have to walk the walk in, in, with our culture, starting from the very, very beginning. And part of that culture has to be that we need to get off to a great start in making them own their performance. We need to teach and make sure that they understand that they need to own their performance. They may be one of 50, they may be one of 100, they may be one of 5,000, but we have to, right out of the gates in order to get a great start, make sure that they own their performance. The second thing we need to do is, is uh, an adage that I use to describe when you're raising, you know, when you're raising your kids. You're not raising your kids, you're, you're raising adults. You're preparing them to be adults not kids. So when we raise the people, when we train the people, we're training them for their ultimate outcome, which is to be able to flourish and succeed on your floor. And that means that we need that when we're in our training, we need to be we need to make it look and seem and be the same as or prepare for being the same as when they get out on the floor. Many times, one of the, one of the things that we, we fail at is that we, we intend to have a great start, so we make things really rosy and cool and special and warm and friendly in training because we're giving out trinkets and giving out gifts and we're really, really close to them, but we don't prepare them for when they're going to get out on the floor, which is a completely different experience. Did a podcast a while back on the 10 Truths in Sales and Service, 
And that is, is that you, you know, you don't want to have two types of training, the one that they learned in, in training and the real reality of what happens when they get on the floor and people start telling them different things when they get on the floor. So we need to make sure that, that in our, to have a great start, that we make it real. Uh, a simple analogy that would be is that don't have an air conditioned training room if when they get out on the floor, there is no air conditioning. And I recognize the fact that you may lose some people if there's no air conditioning and they're going to find out when they get out on the floor that it's really going to be hot, but that really is the concept. If you've got air conditioning in the training room, put air conditioning out on the floor. And I know you, everybody's got air conditioning, but you get the point. But don't create an environment in training that's so rosy and so special that when they get to the floor, it's a completely different experience. Yes, I know we need to get them off to a great start. Yes, I know we need to make it positive. Yes, I know we need to encourage them and get them in and get them connected and get them encouraged so that they can do the job before they hit the reality of the floor. But I want to make sure that you recognize that in a great start, what we do in training needs to look a lot like what it's going to be out on the floor. So not only do we need to have a great start, but it needs to be effective and efficient. And that means we need to have an LMS system that's going to do the job for you. And that's a contact center LMS system. Many organizations are using the, their, their company's LMS, and, and I'm not saying to go out and buy a different one. I'm just telling you that a contact center LMS system is the right solution because it will because it will feed your organization throughout the process because training's never going to stop in the contact center. Change management is inevitable. There's going to be constant ongoing training and coaching. So having an LMS system that's scalable, that's repeatable, that's easy to set up, that's easy to use is going to be a tool that you can use not only in the book smart component, but already through the process. And it should easily transition to integrate to the day-to-day operations that are going on. In other words, your LMS system needs to be an add, not a subtract. It need to be, needs to be something that's helping you, that's bringing advantage to you, that's allowing you to do the things that you want to do. It's a tool that enhances your ability to bring on people to help them to be great and to keep them around for a very long time. Because our, our best employees are, be, are going to be people that we're going to need to challenge throughout the process. And one of the ways that you challenge your best employees is that you create an environment which allows them to get better and to continue to get better and to continue to grow whatever the length of their season is with you. And that's going to end up being electives. That's going to be, end up being you investing in their career, whether their career is with you or their career ends up being with someone else. But we have to have an environment that the LMS system allows us to do that. It needs you to help you get forward, not just something that you get around. Part of that LMS system is going to be that's going to have to be able to help you to be able to work in three different components. It's got to work for virtual training. It's got to work for classroom training. And it also has to work for self-paced training. And it needs to uh, allow you to, to make things as real and as close to real as you can create them to be. Does your LMS system allow you to do that? Effective and efficient also includes engagement. And engagement needs to start early. It needs to start often. And engagement needs to be something that you're doing throughout the journey, the employee journey that your new hires are going to go through. We need to stay connected and engaged to our employees throughout their time with us. And that must start in the book smart component. It must start up front. And if, if you're an organization that does a really good job in the book smart, but then you kind of lose the engagement as they get out on the floor because you just don't have time, 
I, again, I, I want you to make sure that we're connecting and we're doing the exact same thing in training that we're going to do out on the floor. We need to get to know these people, and we do that by engaging them, and we do that with, with fun games and, and, and competition, and it's something that never stops. It's something that we continually do. Again, they need to look the same from the beginning to the end. So we need to start engagement early. Again, your LMS system should be able to help you do engagement and add to your capability of doing that. And when we're, we're quizzing and we're learning, we're, we're engaging, but we're also getting them smarter. And so we're creating an environment where they're, they're having an opportunity to succeed and your best people are going to succeed and they want to succeed and they want to be challenged. And we need to do this efficiently because we just can't stop for 25 minutes and go off on some, some, some rabbit, rabbit trail that's going to take us down an avenue that's not going to add to our overall book smart training. So it needs to be integrated in something that occurs quickly and as fast and as effective and efficient and, and planned and scheduled and organized in order to do that. The third component of being effective and efficient is call skills. Because in our book smart component, we're not only going to teach them what your operations are and how to do the things that you need to do that is your actual business, but we also need to fill them with the call skills that they're going to need to be successful, that they're actually going to use in the street smart when they get to nesting and work their way out onto the floor. So those, those are listening and professional etiquette and empathy and energy and, and, and innovation and this is something that's never going to stop. So you need a robust library of call skills that you can begin in the book smart component, but something that you can reinforce, coach on, and do over and over and over again. Because this is not something that you can learn and you're done. It's, it's constant. It's repetitious. It's like your mission and values. Your mission and values have to be repeated they have to be brought up again and again, and obviously they need to be walked as well. But with our call skills, we, we need to be engaging them when they're in call skills, encouraging them with their call skills. We also need to begin, if we're going to keep our best people, to begin to open up the concept of, of option for electives, the ability for your best people to get even better, giving them an opportunity to, to build on, on their skills and their tools so that they can be successful in your organization and successful in their careers, whatever they, whatever they may be. And, and just to repeat again, from a career standpoint, it's either going to be their careers with you. Maybe they're going to be a level two. Maybe they're going to be a supervisor. Maybe they're going to move off into QA, or they're going to move into workforce management, or maybe they're going to go become president of the United States or marketing or, or senior vice president somewhere. The point is that we want to create an environment that's going to keep them around for the longest time that they can. So if we've given them a great start, they're effective and efficient, the third component is, is that we need a fast ramp up, which means that, that, that speed matters. And again, whatever your book smart length is, I know that you've spent a lot of time on that. Speed counts. We need to embrace the individual right where they are. I don't know whether your class is 10 people or 20 people or 30 people or 50 people. But we have to have a strategy for each employee. This is where your LMS is going to help you. And we need to create an environment that gets them in a position to be successful so that they can ramp up quickly, which means we need to be able to, to work with them 
and 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 move them along if they're slowing down, but also at the same time if they're if they're going fast to just feed it. it, it it's almost like fuel. And you're going to have different people that are going to that are going to learn and understand at different levels. I mean, you may have some people that are book smart, but you're going to find out when they get out of the nesting floor that they're not very street smart. But you're also going to find some people that are street smart that are going to really, really struggle with your book smart with this tri- training. And you're going to get down on them because you think, you know what, they're just not going to get this. They don't understand it. But then they're going to get on the phones and you're going to go, whoa, these people are spectacular. So make sure that you're very aware of that because you w- watch out for them because they're, you may have some people that are slow, but they're going to make it. Because obviously what you're doing, I'm assuming, is not rocket science unless you actually have a customer service for rocket science, then you're doing that. The other thing about, about ramp up and is, is, to, is to let them know that they have the information that they need to be successful. Again, it's a little bit like high school. Graduation is a big deal. But we all know now that, that graduating from high school is, is not really that big of a deal because you're just beginning to, to understand life and whether you're going to go on to college and go on to work. As much as high school prepares you, as much as we talk about the, you know, the, the graduation speeches that talk about going out and making a difference in the world, the reality is high school isn't really. But where they're headed to, nesting, which is where they're going to begin to learn and apply their skills, is a big deal. That's a little bit more like college. So we're trying to get them into a position so they can get smarter, faster, quicker when they move on to the next step. And we do this by making sure that we're focused on the individual, that we see where they are, and that we're feeding them accordingly. Do you have a strategy for every individual that's in your training class? And if you talk to your trainers, you're going to find out that they can tell you pretty much within the first four to five minutes who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. And I've even seen some organizations that actually, they go, they go judge that out and keep track of that and see where people are and see where they, where they fall. But remember, these people that come into you for, their, for your opening training, maybe with you for years and years and years, how you train them in the beginning is going to go a long way to seeing where they're going to be in the future. Book smart. It's the very first component of holding on to your best people. Does your frontline training, does your new hire training, does it, does, it, does it give people a great start? Is it effective and efficient? Do you have the tools necessary to do that? Because how you start is going to affect how it's going to end. And is it a fast ramp up? Are you, are you all about speed? Because when they get on the floor, it is going to be about speed. Because our ability to get them up to speed, get them into a position where they can contribute, is where we ultimately want them to be, to be contribute, be happy about contributing, feel like they're a part of things, feel like they're connected, feel like they're engaged. Well, there you go. There's podcast 75. We talked about being book smart in new hire training. I've already given, given up to you what next week is. Next week, we're going to talk about street smart, which is nesting. Listen, I tell you every week, I'm going to tell you again this week, you have the capacity to be a great leader. One of the ways that you're a great leader is that you learn. So thank you for listening to these because it's going to help you to be successful. But it's also going to take hard work. It's going to take focus by you. And you're going to need someone to come along and help you. 
Do you have that person that can come along and help you? If I'm that person right now, that's great. But that it needs to be somebody in your organization. Have you found someone that can help you mentor? And if you're listening to these things and you're the kind of person that can be a mentor, are you a mentor for someone else? If you're not, you should be. Get off it and get to it and start helping other people be successful in your organization. That'll make you better, make you more valuable, and of course, bring other people along. It was great to talk to you this week. Uh, by the way, I'll, I'll announce to you today, I'm going to start a video podcast in the near future. So not only will you be able to listen to my voice, but you'll be able to see my ugly mug and uh, watch me do some interviews with some other people that are much smarter than I am. But more on that to follow. It's been great to talk to you this week. Look forward to talking to you next week. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.